This is HPR episode 2229 entitled Linux.conf.0 2017. Kathy Reed and is part of the series Interviews. It is hosted by Clinton Roy and is about 27 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is an interview with the new Linux Australia president Kathy Reed. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Clinton again. Um, it's day two of LinuxConf AU. Um, I can still count the number of days in the conference, so it's early on. Um, we had the Linux Australia elections last night, and I am here with Kathy Reed, the new president of uh, Linux Australia. Uh, so this is a pretty freewheeling discussion. We'll just go over things. I'm not a journalist, so I'm not here for any gotcha moments or anything like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so this is this is being recorded for Hacker Public Radio. Hacker Public Radio is a community broadcast um, channel. It's kind of like a, a community radio station. Anyone can upload any shows, and the remit is just to be interesting to hackers. Awesome. So I think anything that we discuss about a Linux conference probably will will, will cover that. Uh, so I have uh, I have had the pleasure of working with you on the, the Linux Australia Council uh, previously. Um, I think you were secretary when I was on the council, um, and now you're president. That's right. Um, bit scary, bit excited at the same time. Um, I, I think Linux Australia has a really long and proud history in Australia. And I think one of the things that uh, we, we've sorely needed for a long time is a bit of direction, a bit of strategic direction. We, we've sort of um, gone on as is for a number of years, and I think that's great as well. But I think at the same time, a lot of our systems and a lot of our processes probably need a bit of a rethink. They need a bit of a tweak. And um, I'm, I'm just really glad that the membership said, yeah, let's let's do that, and, and gave me a bit of a mandate to do that. Yep. I think, I think I'm sort of... Um sort of half with you and half against you there like um, from my point of view the the job of the council is to make the the nuts and bolts run as smoothly as possible so that people who want to run awesome conferences and awesome events and and, and not just conferences and events but they want to come up and do different things like um, I've I've already forgotten the name of it the uh, what the charity is for this year the Yes, but the actual uh, the outreachy outreachy stuff like like you know I I would love to see Linux Australia with all of the like it it almost shouldn't matter who's on the council it should like be a smoothly running machine that's all well documented and then people who um, 
need some money or need some support can just sort of rock up and it's like I need some money to do blah and the council like ideally should just be able to look at the proposal and see it's a little bit of money there should be some outcome and give it a go sort of thing so um, my take on it is that um, the processes of the council should be uh, streamlined and documented and repeatable as much as possible um, but I also think that the council shouldn't be doing much. It should just be the the, the infrastructure or the backbone. It shouldn't be um, shouldn't be out there and striving to do to, to be everything and everyone. I, I guess I partially agree with you. I think I think I agree with you that we should get the nuts and bolts done really well. The challenge from a council perspective, the challenge we have with doing the nuts and bolts really well is that some of the systems and some of the processes that we have in place at the moment make the nuts and bolts really laborious and really difficult. For instance, last year we did um, over 1,500 financial transactions. So every transaction has to have an invoice or a a receipt raised against it in the financial system and it needs to be reconciled. So that's about 10 to 15 minutes work for every financial transaction. You multiply that by 1,500 and suddenly there's hundreds of volunteer hours that go into getting the nuts and bolts right and we have to do that because we get audited. We're an incorporated association. So, you know, what can we do to streamline that? What can we do to make that easier? And then if you look at our membership system, our membership system was written and was very, very fit for purpose 10, 12 years ago when it was written. Just just for the listeners' um, appreciation, I cringed as soon as the member um, member software was mentioned. <laughs> it, it, it is old. Yes, yes. I, think we, I think we've both cringed. <laughs> um, uh, so that membership system doesn't have some really basic functionality. It doesn't let us do things like membership renewal. It has some really big functionality gaps. But more importantly, what we don't have in terms of systems at the moment is ways for engaging and connecting with our membership. So, for instance, let's say there's a really great open source program running in, say, Queensland. At the moment, I don't have, or we don't have, a really easy way of reaching those members and saying, hey, there's this really great open source program in Queensland, you're in that region, according to our records, you might be interested in this without causing noise for everyone who's not in that area. So part of the part of the reason, or part of the platform that I was running on this year was some renewal of those systems. And um, I suspect there's a bit of a key message that's got lost along the way in terms of the, the way that we've approached the election this year. I'm, I'm not out to change the world in terms of Linux Australia. I want to create a really strong foundation where if the organisation wants to go in that direction in the future, they're going to have the systems and the processes and the the foundation to be able to do that without overstretching the organisation. But we need to get that foundation right first, otherwise we're going to be on shaky ground. Yep, Yep. absolutely. And, I mean, um, like there are some parallels with, with the Linux Australia conferences that I've been involved in, like... Um, for the longest time, uh, PyCon and LA and some of the OSDCs that I've helped run, um, we've all been using the Zookeeper suite, and that is old and it's 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 showing uh, its problems. And uh, thankfully, this year, Chris, who's the main organizer of, of uh, Linux on this year, has taken it upon himself. Uh, he got a grant from somewhere to help write that. I, I, can't I believe it was the Python Foundation. Yeah, PSF, yep. Um, to, to write a system that um, could could be used to run the conferences. And anything to 
remove those sort of headaches and warts on, on the everyday systems that you're using, I think is, is a great thing. And, and for a bit of sort of clarity, like um, if you're running an open source event in Australia, you can go to Linux Australia and if, if they feel that it's uh, an event that would help the Australian open source community, they will cover you for the basic things that you need to run the event. So if you need to, to book a venue and you need to put up a reserve amount for that, Linux Australia will cover that. You never have to go into to private debt to do those sort of things. Uh, there's all the public liability insurance that Linux Australia will cover you for. There's um, credit cards handling stuff that's set up. So when you get people... Uh, who want to register and pay for your conference, you don't have to do all those things that um, if you are setting up a conference for the very first time in a brand new country, all those very tedious things have all been taken care of. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the main sort of thing that Linux Australia is involved in. Um, there is a grants process as well for, right. for individuals and small groups. Exactly. Um, I don't think I've ever helped... No, I, I have... I have, I have sort of vaguely helped get a couple of grants. Like there's been things like, um, like the the Ruby on Rails uh, uh, women's events in Brisbane and stuff like that. And I've I've um, done some of the paperwork to get like a, a lunch grant uh, for things like that. But you, you just want to talk sure. about the grants. So uh, every year we we set aside a nominal budget for grants, but that doesn't stop us. For instance, if we get a very robust grant or a grant that's very worthy of us, you know, we can dip into coffers and, and support that. But essentially, our grants process um, tries to align the money that we spend with the values of Linux Australia, so that that open community, that respect for you know the diversity within our community, and really the, those ideals of free and open source software, hardware, communities, really that open source culture. So one of the things that we do with our grant process, it's not just the council that has input into grants. We think it's really important that our community has input into those grants as well. So as part of our grants process, we actually get the grant uh, applicant to email that to the entire community. Uh, and often that'll be a no-brainer. The community will say, yes, this is a good idea, go ahead. Uh, recently, we had a grant application for some hardware for WordCamp Sydney. Uh, and out of that discussion, out of that community discussion, there was actually a more optimal solution that was proposed. And that community got more assistance and more help for the problem they were trying to solve through that grants process yeah. um, going through the community. So I think like that's it, a really strong thing. Instead of throwing some money at them, I think... I think the idea was that they'd, they'd get some Lent equipment but also some training on that Lent equipment. Exactly. So, and so yeah. it's adding more value to the problem they're trying to solve. Uh, for me personally, um, and this isn't necessarily something that the entire council's decided upon, but for me personally what I'd like to see from our grants program is um, perhaps some larger grants that have more... Uh, more reach or more value on a longer term basis so for instance instead of needing $600 or $1000 for some hardware what if there was a twenty or a $30,000 grant to run a program that had a long lasting impact for instance for an underrepresented group um, you know, perhaps for Indigenous people or you know, people from a certain background to um, have exposure and involvement in open source. Uh, we're seeing some really, really strong benefits from having stronger diversity programs for women and other underrepresented groups, but there are still some cohorts which are drastically underrepresented in open source. Yep. And I personally would like to see some large grant 
applications where there's some rigor and you know some robust thinking behind yeah. how do we how do we use some of the resources we have for longer term benefit for the community and, and you need to be able to show that sort of long term planning to, to if, if you're inviting if you're inviting someone into your community and you're trying to show them the, the benefits of that you need to be able to, to show them like that 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 12 month 18 month program where they're going to get a little bit of help along the way so yeah and, and that's necessarily going to be a larger uh, bit larger chunk of money like and I think there's also an opportunity for us to pull resources with other organizations so for instance uh, with government funding that funding sometimes needs to be matched by a corporate partner or private equity. I think there's an opportunity for Linux Australia to partner with other organisations like Internet Australia or Alda um, and partner with those organisations on projects that have overlapping values or overlapping benefit for all those organisations. I think what Linux Australia needs to do um, uh, in terms of you know, a partnering approach is really understand its stakeholder environment. Which other organisations should we prioritise engaging with um, you know, um, and spend our effort engaging with? Where are those overlaps? Where could we work together collaboratively? Where are we competing? You know, should, are there things that we should stop doing because there are already people doing those things? Yep. Or where are the gaps in the market as well? So yep. I think we need to take a strong look at our stakeholder relationships. Yep. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's like it's it's sort of interesting in the last couple of years. Like uh, another sort of aspect to it is the the overall structure of Linux Australia is that if you want to do something, um, you get assigned a subcommittee to, to do that thing. So all of the conferences are run as a subcommittee of Linux Australia. All of the uh, user groups across Australia that, that want to be part of Linux Australia, they're run as subcommittees. Um, and I think I think like we got like one or two new um, user group subcommittees. Um. Uh, we have one coming on board. Yeah. So Linux Users of Victoria recently voted to disincorporate as an incorporated association in the state of Victoria and uh, have voted to become a subcommittee of Linux Australia. And Linux Australia is in initial discussions with Linux Users of Victoria to to figure out the, the nuts and bolts of, of how to make that happen. Yep. So I think for me that is... Um, indicative of a broader trend so for instance we're seeing lots of independent Linux user groups who started independently come under the fold of Linux Australia and I think part of the reason of that is that there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of administrative that goes with being a, a smaller independent incorporated association for instance, last year, Open Source Developers Conference, Open Source Developers Club, um, uh, decided to um, disincorporate and they become a subcommittee of Linux Australia. And I think that that is really part of what Linux Australia's um, you know, raison d'etre was for, is to help umbrella these groups, help provide that skeleton and that infrastructure and take away some of that administrative. Yeah. You know, people don't get into... Um, you know, into Linux and into open hardware and into open software because they love administrivia. They like coding and they like hacking and they yeah. like making. Yeah. So let's try and take some of that stuff that yeah. is an inhibitor away from people. Yeah, instead of 15 groups all doing the same paperwork overhead, just have one big body that's doing that that, that overhead. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yep. Yeah. It's that foundation. It's that solid foundation. Yeah. 
And like one of the, the interesting subcommittees in the last couple of years is the, I, I, I can't remember what exactly what they're called, but the, the video uh, recording uh, subcommittee. Yep. Um, so one of, one of the things that um, has become pretty standard for at least LCA and PyCon over the past, uh, PyCon AU over the past four or five years is that um, the vast majority of the talks are recorded to a very high standard mm-hmm. and, and published later. Um, under an open source license, under, I might add. Under an open source license. Um, and it's, it's so... I see a lot of other video recordings of a lot of other conferences and and ours are quite good. One of the things that we do is actually capture the slides that are shown in line. So it's not just a camera pointing at the slides. We're actually getting a screenshot of the slides and that is spliced in with shots of the presenter. So you can actually read the slides. Um, And one of the, the difficulties that we've got is that because recording technology is sort of moving ahead, um, the, the different sorts of uh, uh, cable connectors is, is, is changing. So some of, the, some of the hardware that we could use five or six years ago that we could buy off the shelf to, to do all of this fancy recording stuff... Um, some of those connectors are just not a thing anymore. You just yep. can't can't buy that equipment off the shelf. So uh, one of one of the Linux Australia members is taking it on himself to uh, produce an open um, recording board. So a, a, a printed circuit board that takes HDMI in, takes two or three HDMI sources in, and uh, feeds that out to a, a camera uh, recording system. So yeah, it's not just clubs and, and events but you know there are some real solid um, technical ones there um, I I sort of hope that the work that Chris has done now on on um, I've forgotten the name of it it's um, symposium it's symposia but it's so I think that's what it's based on, but I think Chris is calling his thing something else like um, it's I'm not sure I, yeah, I don't have the answer it's it's um, yeah, it's a real world. It's a real word, and then like the S is swapped with a Z or something silly like that. I've, I've forgotten exactly what it is, but I, I hope that um, the council can find a way to sort of keep that up to date. Um, so I think you've touched on a bit of a problem that we have, and you know I'd, I'd certainly be very open for suggestions on how we can solve this. At the moment, you know, if you were the CIO or the CTO of a large organisation, one of your jobs would be to maintain roadmaps for the various streams of work that your organisation is doing. For instance, what's your roadmap in your finance software? What's your roadmap in your HR software? At the moment, we don't have a roadmap for where we want to take LCA or conference infrastructure. And I think that's one of the gaps we have as an organisation. I think sometimes in in the past what we've done is had a piecemeal or piece-by-piece approach to some of that technology. And while we've had individual um, successes with point solutions, we haven't necessarily considered it as a whole. Mm. So what are the deficits that we have with our conference infrastructure 
how do we build a technical roadmap and then make a strong investment into uh, into that technology as a whole? So, for instance, if we have a gap with our conference software, is that more important than a gap with our recording hardware, or do yeah. they need to be do they need to be matured in parallel? What are the interdependencies yeah. between them? So, you know, if somebody came to me or you know came to the council and said, "Look, Kathy, we'd like to have a, an LA Hack Fest for two or three days," and one of the outcomes of that is a technical roadmap for where we want to take the organisation. This is how we're going to replace Member DB, and this is how we're going to replace the website, and this is how it's going to integrate with our finance system, and that sort of thing. I, that that's something that I would strongly support. You know, I can't speak for the whole council, yep. but that's something that I would strongly support yep. because it's about planning where the organisation's going. You know, you take the you do the work in planning, and sometimes the execution work then becomes a lot more streamlined. Yep. You you reduce the wasted effort. One one of my researchers is just uh, giving me the name of that product. It's it's registration, but it's with like the final T K taken out, so it's registration or something like that. Um, I am, well, Chris with his surname would he would have to pick a name that's difficult to pronounce, um, and I think sort of I, th- I think maybe one of the the sort of um, unannounced goals of Linux Australia um, would be to have like a, a conference in a box solution, and and certainly um, a, a bit of software that can take. Uh, that you run your conference with, that users can add accounts to, they can book their tickets, they can book, you know, dinner tickets or whatever conference-specific things are and be able to take the credit card information. I, I, I suspect that... I suspect that Linux Australia would like that sort of thing, like that, that a nice ultimate goal would be to... I'd like one of them. I wouldn't like three of them. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, in the past... Zookeeper has been that, mm-hmm. but you've had to, you'd have to have someone with a deep knowledge of Zookeeper. And pylons and some other archaic yeah. Python stuff, yeah. And, and the drama has always been that in the, in the two or three months leading up to the conference, um, there would be uh, a furious amount of work done on Zookeeper to fix all the bugs. Yep. And then the conference would be run, and then everyone would need a break, yep. which is very reasonable. And it would mean that every conference would have their own branch and their own bug fixes, and it would never get merged back into trunk. And you know what they wouldn't have? A roadmap. <sighs> yeah, but it's also it's also that 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 natural thing of um, like that whole conference thing of of just having natural burnout. Yep. Um, and you know everyone has the best intentions of, of rolling all of these bug fixes back in, yep. um, and, and never having to see it again. But over the years, where I have contributed to Zookeeper, I have kept on fixing the same bugs over and over and over again. And your time is better spent on other things. Yes. You know, you're a senior person within our community. You have 20 years of experience. I, I don't want you fixing yeah, the same yeah, bug yeah. same time over again. I want your expertise on a roadmap. You know, tell me how we should be doing our integrations. Tell me about enterprise architecture patterns. Linux Australia now has equity in excess of seven figures. We're not a small organisation anymore, and we need to tighten up some of our governance and some of our some of the way in which we approach our strategic planning, so that we're effective you know, for the next fifteen years. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's 
it's that sort of thing where you actually want to make it easy for people to organise conferences. Like, um, there's there's probably a fairly small pool of people around Australia who are confident enough to take on running a conference, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and I think I think a lot of it is that if you've if you've run an LA conference or you have been like a, a second or third in charge and you've sort of seen how it's done and you know the ropes, yep. you're probably okay. But um, like if if you were vaguely thinking of running a conference and you just went to LA's website, yep. it's it's not at all obvious that, that LA provides you with 80 or 90% of what you need. So I think you've hit on two problems there, Clinton, and I'd like to tackle them separately. The first problem that you've hit on is about succession planning and membership um, life cycle. So if I take a look at the average age of Linux Australia members and those involved in our communities, the, the bell curve has shifted very much towards middle age. We don't have a lot of students, we don't have a lot of younger members within our community um, who are young and passionate and energetic, uh, who bring that fire in the belly to us. Why has that happened? I think there's a number of reasons. For instance, we've got some you know, very proprietary technology being used in colleges and universities. You know, you've got universities teaching things like CCNA. They're not necessarily teaching open source. And so you have students who are not as exposed to open source and don't go on to do open source when they graduate from college and university. I think Linux Australia has a role to play there in exposing younger people to open source. And I think our student ticketing and student prices one of the ways in which we do that but I think that could be complemented by a formal program for instance a formal program of outreach to you know, high school college university what if we funded you know an open source scholarship if you're doing your PhD or your masters in an open source program or you're developing open source software well, let's encourage that and let's um, you know let's get involved in that space to bring people on board at that point in yep. the life cycle. So I think there's that piece. I think the second piece that you touch on is actually a symptom of a deeper problem. So at the moment, our website, which was really, really well designed and um, it, it runs on Drupal, that website hasn't had a lot of love and attention over the last few years. And so the design and the UX and the, the content strategy behind that website hasn't kept pace with the activities and functions of the organisation. We've deliberately made a decision not to tackle the website until we tackle the membership platform. Most of the um, most of the modern membership platforms go hand in hand. They're tightly coupled with the web presence, the public web presence. And it's my intention. I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound dictatorial, but it's my intention that we tackle those two problems together because they go hand in hand. What we have at the moment are completely separate experiences. If you're a public user of our website and you're an authenticated member, they're two very separate user experiences. That's a poor experience. We want an integrated experience. So that's a problem that I'd like to tackle in conjunction with the membership. Yep, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I I think that's probably enough on on Linux Australia. how have you been enjoying the conference so far? I am loving it. Absolutely cool. loving it. I think Hobart is an incredible venue. I love Tasmania. 
Um, I think the weather has just been absolutely gorgeous. Back in my hometown in Geelong, it was 37 degrees today. <laughs> and my poor dog got hosed down. I got a message from my sister to say, you know, your, your soggy wet dog is indoors with the air conditioning. Yes. Thank you very much. But um, no, it's just beautifully temperate, easy to get to. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sampling some of the uh, good food and dining that I, I hear is on offer in Hobart. Excellent, excellent. All right. Um, is there anything else that you'd, you'd like to, to, to cover at all? Well, I'd just like to encourage your listeners to check out linux.org.au. If you have ideas, if, you know, if your listeners have faced this sort of problem in their communities and you have ideas, reach out, let us know what your thoughts are. Okay. Cheers. Thank you very much, Cathy. Thank you. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.